Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Thursday edition of One-on-One Chats. And this is a special edition because, as you can tell, it is not the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Shawnee Hill, taking part. It is me, your favorite partnerships manager here at Nice Job, Curtis Davey. Today, my guest is the VP of Business Operations for Jobber, Abik Dewan. And I'm very excited to welcome here to this chat because as a self-professed data geek, I am super excited to share everything that they've put together over at Jobber that paints a really great economic picture of the current situation that we're living through, as well as, you know, some hints for the future, as well as, you know, what uh, we've gone through over the past few months. Uh, I know it seems all doom and gloom, and certainly we've seen some rays of sunshine in the last few months with everyone getting back to work. Um, but I was actually surprised to see that all the data in their report is mostly positive for the home services industry. Now, if you're not in the home services industry, you might be feeling this extra pinch. Uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel, and I do believe we are hopeful that all will continue to get better. But this will help paint a picture for anybody in those home service industries to get an understanding of what's going on. Now, these economic reports that Jobber has been putting out have so much great information in them. It's been a treasure trove of data and wealth for people to know. And it's not just for data geeks like myself or for companies like Jobber, nice job to use to talk to banks or investors. These are hard, concrete facts that even small business owners can use to improve their processes, to understand what's coming down the pike, and then you know pivot or make investments or strategies to adjust for that. What can a home service business owner take away from these reports, Abik? Hey, thanks for, thanks for having me, Curtis. Um, so first and foremost, I think it can just be really helpful for home service businesses uh, to really understand that what we've been seeing over the last six months or so now is, is a historic phenomenon that's affecting absolutely everybody. You know, my, my family actually uh, owns a small business as well. And so I know firsthand how hard it could be to run one of them. Uh, and it's so easy to be tough on yourself and blame yourself for, you know, when you're kind of uh, falling a little bit. Um, but the reality is the whole worldwide economy has been shaken up by this and, and we're kind of all in it together. And so, you know, speaking to the report itself, uh, it shows that we started off the year actually quite well, specifically for the home service uh, industry. Uh, but, you know, things started to take a bit of a turn in March. Um, before that, we were seeing the same kind of growth that we were seeing for the last couple of years, which was very healthy. Um, and then, you know, as the turn happened in March uh, and things kind of hit their worst in April, there was a huge drop in consumer demand, employment, um, as, and of course, the revenues for these businesses. And not only was the dynamic really apparent in uh, home service, it was actually much worse for most other industries like apparel and clothing, restaurants, entertainment, tourism, et cetera. Um, and, you know, actually the home service category as a whole has actually been shockingly resilient throughout it all. Um, after a down period that really only lasted about six to eight weeks, it started to recover pretty quickly towards the end of May. And then 
you know, June actually looked surprisingly positive. Uh, and in some of the industries within the home service category, June's actually already back at pre-COVID levels, which is incredibly impressive. And so I think overall, the home service category has bounced back way quicker than just about any other. And, um, you know, although we have a lot of confidence as, as a company that's very focused on home service, small businesses, um, it's been surprisingly positive for us as well. And we're really excited about what we're seeing. Yeah, that really aligns with what we've seen as well. You know, March, April, anecdotally was very, you know, tough times with a lot of uncertainty. Nobody knew what the future was going to look like. And as a result, I think we saw a lot of businesses sort of pull back, really try to understand what might be coming. Certainly, you know, uh, check their reserves and their caches to see, you know, what they had for supplies to outlast this. And then as we saw the economy start to reopen in parts of the United States, certainly in the UK and Canada, uh, we really saw the numbers started to go back up across the board, and it was great to see that demand rebound. With Jabber data being a big component of this research, I know you had some other sources. Can you give us a bit of an idea of which industries you have the most data from internally, and then what are some of those other sources you pulled from? Yeah, certainly. So uh, fortunately at Jabber, you know, we're lucky to have customers from all across the home service category. Um, there, there are about 50 plus industries as a whole um, in, in this category. Um, and the biggest ones are, um, you know, green businesses like lawn care and landscaping. There's like over half a million of them in, in North America. Um, another big category is, you know, cleaning and other sanitization services. Uh, there's a few hundred thousand of those uh, in, in North America. Um, and then there's also a big, you know, kind of contracting segment uh, that includes things like construction, electrical work, HVAC, plumbing, and there's, you know, close to a million uh, of those in, in, in North America as well. Um, so we have all of them really well represented at Jobber and in our data. We have thousands of these businesses on our platform. Um, so it's really great to be able to see the whole landscape when we do our research. Um, and even outside of those really big ones, um, we have a great amount of other more niche industries that there are you know, tens of thousands of in, in North America. Um, so businesses such as pest control, pool cleaning, pressure washing, uh, we, we are well represented uh, in some of those as well. Awesome. And, 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 Sorry, uh, outside of the our own data, you know, other other kind of research we've gotten is all government organizations, basically. So, U.S. Census data um, and and other such resources. Yeah, I know you pulled from the SBA as well. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of this data is U.S. focused, correct? Yeah, uh, actually, all of the all of the data in the in the report is U.S. focused. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to have that disclaimer so that our UK and Canadian customers know that while this paints a picture of North America and certainly the largest economy in the world so far, uh, I'm sure it does have a similar uh, comparison to the UK and Canadian markets as well. Uh, but uh, if anybody has any anecdotes, though, feel free to chime into the comments with you know how uh, you've seen and if this data actually matches your business as well. I'd love to know sort of how uh, accurate this is in the different markets as well. And if you see it paints a similar picture. Uh, so going back to the beginning of the year, uh, specifically the months of January and February, when we were all blissfully ignorant of the coming pandemic and how it would affect our lives, uh, your data suggested the year was off to a great start, which we can see as well. Uh, that was 4%, 8% growth in demand, as well as 10% and 12% growth in revenue in January and February. Can you speak to the growth that the home services industry has seen in that past several years and you know what has contributed to it and if, we, and if this year was off to a similar start? Yeah, definitely. And 
So when we talk about revenue growth in, in this report, um, you know, when, when we're looking at the government uh, sources that were available to us, we were looking at revenue growth of like the full category um, as a whole, including like, you know, business closures, new business starts, things like that. Uh, but when we looked at home service, uh, the home service category, we were, you know, looking our, at our own data. And so we actually look, started, we, we looked at it in terms of how well is the typical home service business uh, growing because home service doesn't quite have the same level of government data available for it. And so, you know, what we saw is we, these typical home service businesses um, started off 2020 at like a 10% growth rate, um, you know, and, and over that, which is very healthy. Uh, and that's actually almost exactly the same kind of growth that we've seen in 2018 and 2019 as well. The last couple of years, you know, we saw this like 10 plus percent of growth, um, which is which is super healthy compared to, you know, the US GDP that uh, has been growing at a relatively slow two to three percent. Uh, but then, you know, zooming out of our own data in this report, if you look at the uh, home service category as a whole, uh, over the last five years, it's been growing like crazy. Um, and, you know, uh, there's a bunch of different reports out there that talk about it. Um, and most edit estimates put this overall category being valued at over $500 billion a year at this wow. point. Um, and the annual growth, growth estimates uh, range anywhere between 20 to 50%. Um, and, you know, anywhere between that range would be pretty, pretty incredible. And it would mean that, you know, within a few years, this category as a whole is going to be like over a billion dollars or over a trillion dollars, sorry, uh, annually, which is just an insane number to think about. Um, but really, this growth over the last five years has been happening for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, one, uh, I'd say most importantly, is people are busier than ever today. You know, and they really value convenience. So um, most families, you know, nowadays tend to have both parents working and there's more and more demand for home service professionals to do things that were traditionally maybe done by people themselves. You know, whether that be uh, building a deck outside in your backyard, uh, just cleaning your own home or lawn care and landscaping outside. All these things, um, you know, people would rather just get professionals to do them nowadays rather than, um, you know, do them yourself. Um, another big kind of uh, demographic trend that we're seeing is that older homeowners, so ages like 50 plus, um, they're actually a massive size of the market in terms of like overall homeownership <clears throat> in the country. And their overall spending power is like really high as well, because obviously they've saved, you know, lots of money over the years. Um, and so there's actually this study from Harvard's Joint Center uh, of Housing Studies that shows in the two years before 2018, um, there was a 150% growth um, in, in, you know, spending through by, by these homeowners. And that overall spending was about $120 billion uh, in 2018. And that's only expected to grow because, um, you know, more and more people are going to hit this 50 plus age segment over the next uh, years as that's just the, you know, uh, population dynamics of the country. Um, and then the last thing has been that uh, there's so much access to cheap financing uh, available over the last five years. And, and there was a booming economy, um, you know, interest rates were uh lower than they've ever really been. Uh, there was, you know, access to these like home equity lines of credits uh, and stuff like that. And so a lot of people were taking advantage of that to, you know, do renovations at home and things like that. Um, you know, how all these things uh, look in the future remains to be seen, you know, we'll see. But over the last uh, five years, it's, it's been incredible growth. 
Yeah, I mean, even myself as a non-homeowner, but somebody looking to get in the market, it's been interesting to see, you know, um, some of my hobbies include gardening and some home renovations, even just around the apartment here where things that are improving my house. And going into the home hardware store or any local hardware store, I find that the shelves are looking a lot more bare. Uh, it seems like they're busier than ever. And certainly some of the economic data we've seen from these companies like Rona and Home Hardware seem to see that they're busier than ever. So it certainly seems that everyone is working on some form of home improvement, uh, be it themselves or just the contractors that are also filling up the supplies to heading out there. So yeah, that holds true of my community as well. Because uh, we define you know, home services so broadly, there's a lot of different categories and some of them are very different from each other within that broad category. Um, was your data able to highlight any specific industries in the home services category that were off to a better start than others? Maybe in-home versus outdoor, uh, or was the growth in your report of those first two months pretty consistent across the board? Yeah, so uh, we, we do actually get into some specifics in the report. And, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, there's like 50 plus industries. So do, we don't go quite uh, into the depth of like every single industry or anything like that. Um, but we have uh, pulled together certain industries that have similar dynamics and created these segments that we, that we look at together. Um, and so, you know, uh, looking at the cleaning segment, which is made up of businesses like residential cleaning, commercial cleaning, pressure washing, et cetera, um, they were off to a super hot start at, at the start of the year. Um, you know, they were seeing way higher than, than industry average growth, like 17% year over year early in 2020. Um, and, and that was great. Comparing that to contracting, which is made up of businesses such as HVAC, plumbing, electrical work, things like that, um, they were seeing, you know, generally industry average growth, like 11, 12%. Um, and then the green segment was seeing uh, just below uh, industry average, so about 8% earlier in the year. And that's made up of businesses such as lawn care and landscaping, tree care, et cetera. Um, so, you know, overall, we saw a pretty hot start uh, across the board. Um, but then we did see the indoor uh, businesses uh, start to take a dive much quicker than anybody else. You know, cleaning and especially residential cleaning uh, fell pretty hard in March. Uh, and, you know, it turned before any other industry. Um, contracting also took a bit of a hit, though not quite as dramatic in, in April. Um, and then the green segment, it didn't really fall into the negatives uh, year over year. It, it was kind of flat. Um, but for, for the green businesses, it's their hot season right now. You know, March, April is the, is the start of summer in, in uh, a lot of the North American um, geographies. And so they, they just saw a lot of missed opportunity, essentially, which, which was unfortunate. Yeah, those numbers really stand out to me. And for one, that you know, 10% growth is normal in the home services industry, which any other industry would absolutely love to see those kind of numbers. So that's huge in itself. But then, yeah, sort of that seasonality of how cleaning in the early part of the year was a little bit hotter than landscaping, which is probably, like you said, just starting to come into its own, especially as the report sort of completed in June. So June, July, August, I'm sure those numbers will start creeping up. Uh, the demand drop that we did see, though, in the home services industry in that first part of the quarter uh, was pretty scary for everyone, including ourselves. For a while, it looked like a truly nightmare scenario um, with a number of factors, really. Have you ever seen anything like that before? And uh, were you able to compare that to the last economic downturn in 2008? Because it feels unprecedented in the scale we're going through right now. But we have certainly something to benchmark it against with the 2008. Yeah, Um I've certainly never seen anything like it. Um, and I, I guess to be fair, like living through a pandemic um, is a bit of a, you know, once in a century sort of experience. So I don't think most of us have never really seen anything like this. Um, 
But I think the reality is that what we have all gone through is actually much worse than any recession uh, because it wasn't a lack of spending power or an unwillingness to spend money that caused uh, these, these problems. It was actually a government mandated lockdown. You know, so it was essentially impossible to even go out and spend money on things uh, because most businesses were just completely shut down. Um, thankfully, you know, most home service businesses don't actually depend on brick and mortar to, to operate. Um, they, you know, go to different places. They're mobile in nature. Um, and also many of them were deemed essential uh, by the government. Um, so, you know, many of them could continue operating. Um, but, you know, comparing to the 2008 data, and we, we did look at the 2008 recession data, I think the main difference is just the speed at which everything ha has happened. You know, if you look at the fall in stock prices and consumer spending or unemployment, everything that happened in 2008, um, the same things have happened this time around, but just much, much faster. You know, in 2008, the fall of everything was much more gradual in nature, even though, it, you know, it can seem like it was so drastic. It actually happened over a period of about, you know, 18 months to two years. Um, and then the recovery took, you know, uh, several years as well. Uh, but this time around, all the fall happened within like you know, six weeks, eight weeks. Uh, and then the recovery has been like relatively quick, quick as well. So I think it's just a, definitely a very unprecedented situation. And um, yeah, I think we're all trying to really figure out what, what it all means. I think that's what makes this report so compelling to me is that it's a snapshot of a time in history that we've never been before. And like you said, you've referenced 2008, which is great to have that sort of benchmark. But wow, it's just so unique what we're going through. And this, this economic reports that you started with, I guess you created one earlier in the year, correct? One for sort of the first COVID to give a snapshot of that? Yeah, so uh, I guess it was in uh, April, like mid-April or so. We, you know, all of this was uh, just such at a, at such a peak, and there was so much interest around like how is COVID impacting uh, the home service industry or just the economy in general. So um, it was actually our first report ever, and we we realized we have so much data in this uh, in this space that it's kind of our responsibility to create transparency and, and share that with with our community. Um, and so we, you know. Uh, built out that first report and published it back in April. And then um, because we saw great engagement and uh, that sort of thing, we we decided to uh, do it on a quarterly basis now. So that's why this time in, in July, <clears throat> we've published a last quarter report and we hope to continue doing that in the future. That's awesome. I definitely look forward to reading all the rest ones because yeah, every quarter, every month seems to be a bit different during this pandemic and certainly the economic data we're seeing and just the the opportunities that businesses have to go out and work and really start to build things again is is changing on week to week and certainly from state to state and country to country. So I look forward to seeing more of that data coming out. Um, back to the actual report data, did the industries that you saw have higher growth in January and February also see lower churn or lower downturn compared to others? So was it sort of those industries that stayed strong or started strong, stayed strong? Uh, actually, no, it's it's super interesting, but we, we actually saw the opposite. Um, so the cleaning segment uh, was growing the fastest uh, at, the, at the start of the year, but then it got hit the hardest, you know, in March, April and so forth. Um, and I think that's due to two reasons. So 
One is that a lot of the cleaning industries uh, work indoors. So, uh, and in, in both the cases of, let's say, residential and commercial cleaning, uh, they both were impacted. In the case of commercial cleaning, um, you know, a lot of businesses shut down their operations, sent their workforces to, um, you know, work from home. Um, and obviously, if the office is shut down, they don't really need sanitation services. Uh, and then in the case of residential cleaning, you know, most people don't really want a stranger coming into their home uh, during, during a pandemic. Um, and then also, uh, you know, specifically thinking about residential cleaning, uh, some of that work is also a little bit more discretionary in nature compared to most other home service related work. Um, you know, if you lose your job or money becomes tight, you're a little bit more likely to stop getting professional cleaners and you clean your house yourself. But, you know, if there's a plumbing emergency or, you know, some pest control sort of issue in your home, you have to call a plumber or a pest control company. There's really no alternative there. So I think generally speaking, uh, discretionary spending tends to be a little bit more volatile. Um, And so when times are good, um, any industry that relies on discretionary spending, such as entertainment, travel, et cetera, you see them boom. Um, And when times are tough, they they start to kind of contract uh, a little bit more uh, than, than others. That really seems to fall in line or follow the essential services list. So those that were deemed essential during those first few months and continued to work, I guess, got a little bit of a head start and were able to continue operating, whereas those deemed not essential, which oddly enough, for a little while in some states, it does, did include cleaning companies, uh, sort of got knocked back a little bit, which makes sense. Uh, so likewise to the you know downturn that we saw, the rebound was 15% year-over-year increase in demand in June for the industry as a whole. And that swing from you know May to June was 36% in two months. Uh, have you ever seen anything comparable in terms of that big of a shift in downturn to, to growth again? Yeah, uh, no, again, it's been it's been uh, such a unique situation to see that sort of rebound in, in such a short period of time. Um, and, and I think the reason why is that it's just such a super interesting dynamic right now, because on one hand, we're seeing, you know, historic unemployment, uh, never before seen since like, you know, the 1920s sort of thing. Um, but then at the same time, there's a lot of high paying uh, jobs that have been essentially unaffected because you know uh, whether it be some people in finance or tech and some many many jobs in uh, many industries uh, people like companies have been able to send their workforce home um, and they can work remotely um, essentially kind of overnight they were able to do that and so as a result you had all these people that were sitting at home kind of locked out uh, locked up and they had actually more disposable income than ever before, because they weren't spending any income on, you know, public transit, going to their office uh, or anything like that. They also weren't going out to restaurants for dinners and drinks with friends. Um, so they actually had more disposable income than, than usual. Um, and so as an example, you saw some industries really start to boom as a result of that. So if you look at e-commerce as a whole, um, it's been going crazy um, over, over the last, you know, three to six months. And I think it's the result of a lot of these people sitting at home and they're able to spend this extra kind of income they have on just buying things online and and that sort of thing. 
And I think for the home service category, um, as the lockdown started to lift, uh, some industries such as landscaping and contracting uh, saw the benefit of that similar sort of dynamic. You know, a lot of these people were sitting at home and they started noticing things around their uh, house that they otherwise maybe wouldn't have because they're so busy usually. Um, But as a result of that, a lot of people are like, you know what, spending all this time at home anyway, um, why don't we do a kitchen renovation or a bathroom renovation or let's build that deck in the backyard that we've been wanting to do for such a long time. Um, And I think as a result of that dynamic, we saw this like very quick, um, you know, rebound, um, which is, which has benefited at least some of the industries within, within home service. Yeah. And COVID hit at a really funny time in the year in that, you know, it was in the early stages, it was just starting to hit spring, which for some industries is really just the start of their busy season, the end of their really, really slow season and sort of those dead months of winter. And then most of the industries really hit their stride here in the summertime. You know, every home service business in the industry has some level of seasonality and change in demand in the year. There's always a bit of a slow season, typically around Christmas or autumn for depending on the industry. Uh, But how has this unique time with COVID hitting compared to traditional seasonal swings? Has it been bigger, smaller? Yeah. So, you know, just looking at the data in in a bit of a silo, uh, what we noticed that is that the, the volume of work that was done during that like April period, which was, you know, the, the very bottom uh, that, that most people saw, um, wasn't quite as low as Christmas, but it was kind of in the same zone as like Thanksgiving. Um, but I think that the biggest problem is that usually businesses expect that sort of down downtime uh, during their low season. Um, it's something they've been seeing for years. They know how to deal with it, uh, whether that means, you know, having fewer employees on the payroll, holding less inventory, things like that. Um, But the unique dynamic in March and April is that many of these businesses are actually um, gearing up for their busy season. So they might have brought on seasonal employees. They maybe bought more inventory or tools, maybe a new truck. Uh, And in a scenario like that, when you see a dramatic downturn super unexpectedly when you're gearing up for your busy season, uh, I think that's a bit of a lethal combination uh, for for a lot of small businesses. And I think um, a lot of people were hurt by that pretty, pretty dramatically. Yeah, it's tough to gear up for your busy season just as the pandemic's hitting. It kind of really throws your traditional plan into out the window. So a lot of, you know, the stuff that we focused on early on with our customers is just helping them get those processes and strategies in place. And I know you guys have done a lot similar, really helping to, to build up and work with your home service customers to, to really find out a new strategy, to create a new process or protocol for what's happening and uh, basically throw the baby out the bathwater and start fresh. One of the data points that stood out to me from the report was the relatively low drop in consumer spending on uh, the category, I believe, was furnishings, uh, household equipment, and routine household maintenance uh, compared to other categories such as healthcare. Uh, It's incredible to to me to think that, you know, when we're in a pandemic of all times, that healthcare spending drops in comparison to some of those other more discretionary spending. Uh, But when you think about it, it's actually kind of logical. People are spending that much more time at home. They see the things they want to fix and they they go ahead and do it with that discretionary spending, as you said. Uh, What were some of the things you were able to discover uh, in your data to speak to why consumers prioritize spending on their homes? Yeah, so that super long category is is, uh, how how the you know, the government describes it. and, And it's the closest one that we could find some government data for. But I think that 
that dynamic that you speak of is, is actually one that really surprised me as well, um, especially considering that healthcare was one of the few categories that actually was essentially unaffected during the 2008 recession. Um, you know, there was a big fall in things like apparel and entertainment, but healthcare was actually a bit on the up and up uh, dur- during that recession. But um, I think, like I mentioned earlier, the reality is that this historic downturn that we've seen um, is actually less of a recession and and or a traditional recession um, and more of a government mandated lockdown. And so due to that, what happened is that many healthcare related businesses such as dentists, physiotherapists, chiropractors, um, they all kind of shut down um, apart from seeing uh, very, you know, like emergency sort of cases. Um, And even thinking about hospitals, um, a lot of people started avoiding hospitals unless it was a, you know, true emergency. If there was an elective surgery, they decided to delay it um, because they didn't want to go into the hospital, you know, while while a pandemic is is on the loose sort of thing. So as a result of that dynamic, healthcare took uh, you know a big hit uh, during during this recent time, um, and it was more due to the lockdown and pandemic dynamic, and not related to people's like desire or, or propensity to spend. Um, on the other hand, like you mentioned, uh, a bunch of home service work is done externally. You know, many contracting jobs are outdoors, lawn care and landscaping is all outdoors. Uh, so it's pretty safe from a social distancing sort of perspective. Um, and there's also a lot of home service work that's non-discretionary in nature. You know, if you have a HVAC emergency or plumbing or pest control, you have to get it fixed. There's just no way around it. Um, and so I think that's why uh, home service actually saw, um, compared to even a category like healthcare, a uh, relatively positive sort of performance. Hmm. That's, uh, yeah, that's interesting to note that difference between 2008 and today, uh, today being so health related, 2008 being completely unrelated to health and how those spending in that key category has shifted a lot. Uh, I was also happy to see that job losses in the home services industry was much lower compared to some of those other industries. And certainly, you know, from anecdotal evidence I had from our customers, if they did lay off customers or employees, sorry, it was a much shorter furlough, much shorter layoff than some of the other industries who might still be out of work as a result of these lockdowns and uh, situations per state. Were you able to see a difference in the specific industries within the home services umbrella in terms of, you know, outdoor industries being less affected than in-home industries? Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, we noticed that the employment uh, dynamics were directly correlated with, you know, whatever these businesses were seeing um, in revenue losses and things like that. So, you know, if you if you see uh, businesses such as cleaning that took a big hit during this time, um, they saw the most kind of unemployment happening as well. Uh, comparing that to contracting that were you know, slightly better uh, off relatively, they saw a, a bit less unemployment. And then in the case of green industries, um, because they were actually kind of flat year over year and didn't see a huge loss, just more of an opportunity loss, um, their, their unemployment was you know, even less so impacted. So um, very, very correlated, uh, we noticed to, to the revenue growth. Yeah, I'm very glad to see that. Uh, turning our attention to the future now, or if we can, you know, look into our crystal ball with the data we have. Uh, I know the historical data can't predict the future, but with the resurgence of COVID cases in most communities, in the U.S. and the world for that matter, there is a great uncertainty on the horizon, continues to persist. What lessons, if any, can a home service business uh, owner take from this report uh, to inform their strategy for the rest of the year and indeed the coming years too, if necessary? Yeah, uh, you know, I would say that at this point, uh, we are starting to see quite a recovery. 
Um, and unless states start to reenact, you know, stay at ha- stay at home orders that like they had in in April, um, I think we're past the worst of it and looking towards greener pastures. You know, pun intended. Uh, that said, it's it's really hard to know what exactly is going to happen. You know, we are seeing a resurgence of COVID cases in the U.S., like you just said, um, and some states are actually uh, rolling back some of the opening up of the economy that they initially did. Um, there's also all this talk about like you know a second wave in the fall. Um, Um, So really, there's still a ton of uncertainty. So I think overall, most home services, home service businesses are probably going to be treading carefully during this time, which I think is the smart thing to do. Um, However, I I would take comfort in the fact that the consumer demand is there. um, And if you're able to survive through the the really kind of drastic downtime, um, you can see your business return uh, as our society figures out, you know, this new normal, whatever that is. Um, I would also suggest that these businesses really try to take advantage of some of the emerging trends um, that that are showing up that actually, you know, help them out. So, uh, you know, we're we're noticing a lot of consumers are looking for a more technology-oriented contactless service nowadays. So whether that be like online booking or allowing uh, your customers to pay you via credit card rather than cash or check. Uh, it's important to evolve uh, your business with the times. Um, and, you know, a software like Jobber can really, really help you do that. Yeah, I think it really is important to, I guess, iterate the strategy. So continue to look for ways to improve it, certainly innovate by, as you said, adopting some, maybe some new technologies or a new way of working. And then uh, smart marketing, I guess, as well. You know, as you said, you want to keep some of that cash. You want to uh, be ready for what's to come and, you know, certainly prepare for a a potential downturn again. But uh, as you said, the opportunities are there. So if you can market smartly and certainly iterate and stay nimble with your plan, I think uh, there's a great opportunity to be had during this time. Uh, Jobber has been a partner of ours for a few years now. Uh, We've always impressed by the various initiatives that you guys roll out with these economic reports and what how, uh, both your customers and for the community as a whole. Can you tell us a few things that Jobber has focused on during this period besides creating this awesome report, of course? Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for recognizing our efforts. Um, You know, Jobber has definitely been trying to do uh, as much as we can to help our customers during during these times, you know, not only have we been directly trying to help them uh, through like promotions for new customers or just helping our existing customers through some tough cash flow sort of times. Um, I think the the other thing we're really trying to do is enable them uh, by kind of uh, putting them in touch with their own community um, and helping uh, them, you know, get together and help each other out because at the end of the day, uh, our community and you know, themselves are the experts in running small businesses, you know, rather, rather than us. Um, we have this great entrepreneurial Facebook group uh, with a very active user base that's incredibly helpful with each other. Um, you know, we've conducted several Facebook Live conversations focused specifically on addressing small business challenges during this period. Um, you know, we launched a podcast where we brought on guests that were able to share tips and tricks on how to uh, survive during, you know, these times. Um, we're also connecting our customers with, um, you know, partners, uh, like financial partners that we have that could help them uh, attain the government aid that's available to them uh, right now. Um, and, you know, cash flow is obviously very critical for small businesses, especially right now. Um, so we've extended our partnership with Stripe to offer our customers um, lending as well. So, you know, if they're in a tough spot, they can take on uh, some some uh, loans and, and, you know, get through those times as well. Um, And then 
you know, lastly, we've been doing a ton of webinars and really trying to educate our customers on how they can be using Jobber and technology in general to really differentiate themselves during this time. So, you know, for example, I mentioned uh, we've been seeing a surge in touchless payments uh, during this time. And we want our customers to be able to really take advantage of such trends uh, and differentiate themselves. So um, not only can they survive during this time, but actually, you know, thrive and um, use it as a bit of a, a tailwind. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember the when the COVID first hit, you guys put out a great report or piece of information about uh, the various funding programs available to businesses in the UK, Canada, and the US. I thought that was a phenomenal resource. So if you're watching and you haven't taken a look at that, you're still looking at what your options are, head on over and check that out. Certainly, as Abik mentioned earlier, they had a report out in April. So if you're a data geek like myself, you can go check out that report. And as you mentioned, there'll be more coming out. So stay tuned for more great content from Jobber. Um, and, you know, last question, with all the uncertainty still on the horizon, uh, the future is not certain by any means. Uh, what are you guys focusing on internally for the rest of the year to try and address this and stay nimble? Yeah, you know, we've been engaging with our customers and trying to get as much feedback as possible about their new reality because it really feels like a new world. Um, and we want to ensure we're building the right things for them. Um, and, and that's always going to be our number one priority. So, you know, with that said, um, a couple couple of new things that people can look out for uh, in for the rest of the year um, is that we do plan on launching a couple of new things over, over the next couple of months that are related to um, you know, better communication uh, between uh, service providers and, and their consumers, um, and also uh, some features that will help them uh, increase the value of each job that they book. Um, so that's something that people can look forward to. Um, and then the second thing we're really focusing on is kind of finance offerings, uh, because like I said, cash flow um, and, and things like that are super top of mind for people right now. So uh, we are looking at providing better financial tools to our customers um, so that they're able to, you know, uh, one, help out themselves during this time, but also as they talk to their consumers, um, just having more options kind of available to them. So uh, without getting into specifics, uh, I think there's some cool stuff brewing and uh, people should stay tuned. Uh, sounds awesome. We definitely would love a sneak peek whenever you can give us one, but uh, we'll hang back for now. Uh, definitely appreciate you taking the time to geek out with me on this kind of stuff. Uh, for all the viewers at home, if you've enjoyed geeking out with me on these kind of topics, uh, leave us a comment. Let me know. Uh, the one you love, Shawnee Hill, will be back next week to fill in and take his usual spot back. But if you want to see this pretty face a little bit more or maybe a little bit more uh, geeking data, let me know. And I'd be happy to jump on and take, uh, take, give Sean a break or two. And Abik Dewan, VP of Business Operations, thank you very much for joining me today and speaking to these points. If you haven't checked out any of their economic data or you know some of their resources they have for small business and home business owners, definitely go check them out at getjobber.co. Uh, we'll have some links down below for you guys to check out as well to the report and to follow up with any other questions you have. But we'll leave it there for this week. Thank you very much for your time again, Abik. Thanks so much. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Right on. Uh, and uh, yeah, leave us some comments if you loved what you heard and look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Bye for now. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.